three of your favorite educational podcast college declassified where we crack the trio code i am your host patrick sheard and again i am joined by my two lovely co-hosts hey guys this is stephanie and it's jay once again but janika if you want to use the real name (laughs) and this is part three of this three-part FAFSA series. So this episode is going to be focusing specifically on life after FAFSA. So everyone will never complete the FAFSA application. They're always considering like, you know, am I done? Is it over? I don't have to do anything else to college. Well, that's actually incorrect. So after you complete their FAFSA, there is a whole life, a whole process after you complete your FAFSA. And this episode is going to focus on explaining everything that's going to take place after you complete the FAFSA. So first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and start by kind of just doing just a small little recap of the previous episodes. Episode one, we talked about the FSA ID, which is your electronic signature to the FAFSA. Episode two, we actually dove right into the FAFSA application. And this episode episode is life after FAFSA. So we begin today by talking about the student aid report. So what exactly is the student aid report? Your student aid report is a paper or it could be electronic document that gives you the basic information about the financial aid that you receive. So what you're eligible for, as well as listing the answers that you provide on the FAFSA. So what you do is that you receive your SAR three to five days after you completed your FAFSA. And the schools that you list on your FAFSA form will have access to your SAR data successfully within a day after it has been processed. So once the FAFSA has been processed, all the schools that you put on your FAFSA, which, as we said in the previous episode, you have the option to put up to 10 schools on the electronic version of your FAFSA, four schools for the paper version. But once the FAFSA has been successfully processed, the schools will have access to that data. So the SAR is especially important because it lets you know what your EFC is. Now, what is the EFC, you may be asking? The EFC is your expected family contribution. This is the number that's used to determine your eligibility for federal student financial aid. This number results from the financial information that you provided on your FAFSA. So the financial information that you provided about your parents, about yourself, is what comprise of your EFC. So you will see that on your SAR, at the top of your SAR. Um, Normally, what you see when you see your EFC, you always want to see anything below $5,000. Okay, because if it's below $5,000 and as close to zero as possible, that means you'll be able to at least receive or at least be eligible for some amount of Pell Grant. And if you are an Illinois resident and decide to attend an Illinois school, you will be able to receive some MAP grant money as well. So an EFC is specifically important, but having that zero EFC is what you really want to look out for. Your SAR might also contain um, a note indicating that you have been selected for verification. Now, verification is kind of a scary process, but it's not as too, it's not too scary, right? Um, the verification process, it basically means that the school um, uses this process to confirm the data that you reported on your FAFSA, that that's accurate. Um, so your school has the authority to pretty much ask you for whatever information that they need. So whether, you know, you apply to the school um, and they say, 
okay, uh, we just need um, another copy of your income tax or something from um, your previous tax information. That's what the verification process is. They just pretty much want to make sure that everything that you put on your FAFSA is accurate um, and make sure that what you are report, reporting is true, you know, because obviously people will report information that's not correct. And it's their job to make sure that everything that you put on your FAFSA is correct. So definitely once you get your SAR, like I said, that's three to five business days after you complete your FAFSA, take a look at it. Look at your EFC. Um, the way to know if you are selected for the verification process, there will be a little asterisk right next to your EFC. So it will say EFC number and then asterisk. So that lets you know that you are selected for the verification process. If you do have to make any type of changes to your FAFSA, the, I will also be printed on the SAR as well. So right next to EFC, um, it will say uh, letter C. Um, sometimes it's in red. That means that some corrections needs to be made on the FAFSA. Um, so that's a few tips and tricks when it comes to understanding and reading the SAR. Um, next, we are kind of going to go ahead and dive into the financial aid award letter, and I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to my girl, Miss J. Hello, everyone. Okay, so the um, the award letter, right? The FAFSA is important because once you complete the FAFSA, they're going to send it to the schools that you listed on your FAFSA. And I don't know if you guys remember from last week when you had you can list up to ten, right? So those schools that you listed will get the information that FAFSA has, and then that's when they'll start um, preparing the award letter that's coming from them and that's what we will call institutional aid right yeah. so you'll receive it sometimes as soon as the next month as soon as um um or as early as mid um or late as mid april right so it all depends on the institution of when you will receive it um this does spell out the details um, of what would you be receiving? Would you be receiving grants, scholarships, or loans, right? So, um, and this intends to help you fill that gap between your ability to pay and your um, expected family con contribution or EFC. Um, and then the college cost, which is your co um, cost of attendance, your COA, right? Um, after you receive the letter, you may be asked to sign it and send it back in um, so you can verify whether you are going to take the aid or if you aren't. Now, they cannot adjust it if you don't agree with some of the uh, aid that they were going, they're going to give you, i.e. loans, right? So um, it is important to look it over. Uh, quick example of what one would look like if you have if they awarded you eight thousand dollars you have to read the fine print because if they awarded you eight thousand dollars is it eight thousand dollars per year or is it for the course of the four years and then that's when you divide it by the year so that's two thousand dollars a year a thousand dollars per semester so let's look at that closely if you have any questions you can always contact us Thank you for breaking that down. Definitely, Jay. That was a good example because a lot of people won't necessarily understand exactly how to read an award letter. And right, yeah. it's broken down so many different ways and it's not consistent across every school. So like one right. thing to note is that once you do receive that financial aid award letter, it may look different from your friends, you know, because you may apply to a different university or even the same university, but not everyone's award letter is going to be 
the same. It's going to be a lot of different factors to look at. So definitely keep that in mind when you are applying for college and you do receive that financial aid award letter. Definitely reach out to Mm -hmm. us because we are able to help you understand that award letter and break it down further for you. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Miss J. Um, I'm here You're to bring welcome. you your scholarship of the week. As I said last episode, we will bring you scholarships that are easy to apply for. And this week's scholarship is no different. This week's scholarship is the Be Bold Scholarship. This scholarship is worth $25,000. And when I say $25,000, I'm not playing. It's $25,000. All students have to do is go to bold.org and create the most earnest, determined, and moving profile to be considered. The deadline for this scholarship is February 28th, 2021. And this is a scholarship that's continuously rolling around, right? So the amounts will change as time progresses and there will be new submission deadlines. So go to bold.org, create a profile because there will be different dates to apply for this scholarship. I need to go ahead and jump on that bandwagon. All you have to do is just be bold. I am going to turn it over to you because you're going to be explaining what to us. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be talking about the four types of financial aid. Ooh. Um, yeah. So when we talk about financial aid, you hear the word grants, you hear the word loans, you hear scholarships. A lot of people don't really understand what they mean. Um, so I'm going to break some of that down for you guys. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about, though, is the difference between federal financial aid and state financial aid. Um, because when people hear federal financial aid, they don't know what that means. And federal financial aid is really just financial aid awarded by the federal U.S. government. An example of that is the Pell Grant, um, whereas state financial aid is financial aid awarded by the government of a particular state. Um, for example, the MAP Grant, which is only granted to Illinois residents going to Illinois schools. Um, so, yeah, so the four types of financial aid that you can get are grants, which is typically money that doesn't have to be repaid back. Um, There are loans. Anytime you hear the word loans, no, you have to pay that money back. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's work study, which is a federal work program that allows undergraduate students to participate. um, Well, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Um, (laughs) It's a federal work program that allows undergraduate students um, to earn money to help pay for school. A A lot of those jobs are in campus, so they'll be working for the dean's office or the library. Like and then there's me. scholarships, which they offer two. There are two types of scholarships anybody can apply to, merit and financial need-based. And I'll break that down um, for you guys further. Please. Which one is free money? So you hear free money, which one is that? That'll always be scholarships and that'll always be grants. So whenever you hear scholarships and grants, we're talking about free money. So what are scholarships and where do they come from? So scholarships are awarded um, to students to help pay for school, right? Um, When you hear scholarships, a lot of people think that you have to have the awesomest grades, right? I need a 4.0 to get scholarships, and that's really not necessarily the truth. Um, You can get scholarships from a variety of different sources. You could get them from clubs, organizations, charities, Um, some colleges, universities, of course, and then some businesses, right? So I know I have some students who work as interns at hospitals, and they've actually given out scholarships to those students. Um, So you can apply to scholarships Mm -hmm. anywhere and anyhow, really. And there's not a set amount of scholarships that you can apply to. If there's a scholarship out there that you want to apply, apply to as many as you can. Um, I know I talked about 
you don't have to have the gr- the best grades to get scholarships. There are merit-based and need-based scholarships. So when you hear merit-based, those are scholarships awarded to students who have great grades or have some type of cool talent. So if you like drawing, if you like bowling, if you're a left-handed um, writer, um, yeah, lefty. like you, <laughs> or if you're really good at speech, there there's there's literally scholarships for all types of talents and all types of like cool little you know mm-hmm. things out there. There's um, twin twin scholarships, acting, right? And then there's need based scholarships. So for those students who may not have the greatest grades or don't have some type of cool talent, although we all have something we're good at. Um, you could definitely apply to financial needs scholarships, which is really just scholarships awarded to students who are in need of financial assistance. Um, what are grants? So grants are generally given out by the federal government. Um, they don't have to be repaid back unless you don't finish a program. So there are grants that are given out to students who want to become educators, right? Um, And they'll give out these grants to say, okay, I'm going to pay for your school, but in return, I need you to work for us for a certain amount of years, a certain amount of time. Um, In those cases, if you don't follow through with those those rules, then yes, of course, you have to pay back those grants. Uh, But for majority, grants are free money. Um, And there are two types of grants that you can get awarded by just simply submitting your FAFSA if you're eligible. Um, Those two grants are federal Pell Grants, which is awarded to students all around the country. Um, If, you know, your cost of attendance, considering your cost of attendance and and your EFC and all of that, um, if your parents don't make a set amount of money, then you may be eligible for the federal Pell Grant, which you kind of talked about earlier and then there's the map grant which is the monetary award grant that one is only um given to illinois residents going to illinois schools um so those two grants you don't have to apply for i know i get students who ask me all the time how do i apply for those you don't um if you're eligible you're gonna receive it when you get your um award letter yeah literally all you have to do is fill out the fafsa it's that simple literally Um, And then there's something else that I do want to mention, and that's the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grants. We call it the FSEOG. Um, That Mm -hmm. type of grant is given out to certain schools, and it's given to schools so that schools could decide what students or which students it goes to. Um, That's the type of grant you have to ask for because not every school has it, Um, and that's something a lot of people don't know about. So there is free money out there that you just have to ask for it. So any time that you're applying to schools or, you know, any semester that you're going into, if you need more money, always ask if these schools have it, if they participate in the FSCOG and how you can apply for it because they don't really tell you guys about this. Yeah, um, there's like a lot of secret scholarships, a lot of secret grants that our students are unaware of. And like one thing mm-hmm. that we always say, just sorry not to cut you off, but no, one thing fine. that we always say is that foster relationships with your um, admissions office, yep. financial aid counselor, financial aid advisor, because they have access to different scholarships that aren't easily accessible to students. So, and they will be able to plug you in the right direction. So we're big on fostering those relationships. So foster them early as you can. No, you're very right. Thank you for bringing that up because um, that is true. Sometimes if you have a good relationship with the people at financial aid, they will look out for you. And that FSEOG, again, that's something that they don't tell students. That's something you have to ask for. So if you got a good relationship with um, um, the people at financial aid, you might be eligible to apply for it. Yeah. 
Um, One more thing real quick. Yeah, um, not yeah, to cut yeah. you off. No, um, please. I know it is um, 11.30 and Miss Janika is actually about to hop off oh, um, yeah. this call. So I just wanted to let her say her goodbyes before she hops off and goes to her meeting that she has. Okay, guys, it's been real. Hopefully, my explanation for that wart leather panned out. Um, you guys take good care of our listeners, and I shall see you guys next week. Bye, Miss Jenny. Bye, Jay. Bye. Okay, Stephanie, go back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, Miss Jones actually had an appointment with a student. Yes. Good for her. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to follow up by talking about loans. Um, of course, that's like the one dreaded word. We hate loans. We don't like them. However, for many, that's the reality. Um, so I want to talk about the two different types of federal loans, and that's the direct subsidized loan and direct unsubsidized loan. What is the main difference between those two? So when we talk about the subsidized loan, um, that is a loan that does not accrue interest while you are in school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. That is the type of loan that does not accrue interest while you're in school. Um, and that's important to know because the minute that you accept that loan, um, they will wait for you, right? It, it'll stay put. So let's say you accept a subsidized loan of $5,000. It's going to stay that $5,000 loan until you graduate and even like the six-month period that they allow you after you graduate. So for those who don't know, when you graduate college, they allow you six months to find a job. Once that six-month grace period is passed, then they start asking you, they start calling you up, sending you emails like, hey, where's my payment? Um, and that's important because the unsubsidized loan actually does accrue interest while you're in school. The minute that you hit accept on that loan, that interest is going to start building up. It'll start building up the minute you hit accept. Um, so, of course, talking about it, obviously the better option is the subsidized loan. Because um, it doesn't accrue interest, and, and that's something that we all want to be careful on. Very important to understand what type of loans you're taking out. Because, like I said, the reality for everyone is we do have to take out loans. Yeah. Um, we try not to, and, of course, we try to push students to get all of the scholarships that they can. Um, but for some people, loans is the way. So um, be careful. One way that I actually remember the difference is when I – Think about unsubsidized loan. I think about uncared for. It's like they're not <laughs> looking for me. They're not. They're not. They're not caring for me. That's a good comparison. Um, yeah, I know it sounds silly, but um, that's a good way for me to remember it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last type of federal financial aid is the federal work study program. Um, so what that means is just you working pretty much for the government on campus. Um, and why that's important is because the earnings that you get from that aren't factored into the expected family contribution. And it's not um, taxed. And it's not taxed. So let's say you get, let's say you say no to federal work study and you get you a nice little side summer job. If you make too much there, they're going to take that into consideration. They're going to factor that into your expected family contribution. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're filling out your FAFSA, make sure that you click yes for federal work study. Yeah, it's normally around twenty five hundred a year. I mean, mm -hmm. so, and in some cases for students, it's extra money to have. Right. Um, obviously, the school will expect you to, you know, use that money to go towards your actual uh, cost of attendance. Um, however, um, in most cases, it's extra money to have. So 
one thing when we like brought up cost of attendance earlier, it's factored into more than just tuition. It's where mm-hmm. you're living. It's it's any type of fees. Um, normally, a lot of schools have access to any uh, type of fitness centers for free. So that's in your fees, you know, when you are registered and enrolling for school. Um, so definitely keep that in mind that cost of attendance, you know, is more than just the tuition. Um, it's living, you know, mm-hmm. it's actually being on college mm-hmm. and being on a college campus. So, yeah. So just to kind of reiterate on everything. Um, We did talk about the four types of financial aid. There's grants, loans, and work studies, which is federal. And then there's scholarships that doesn't necessarily have to be federal. You can get scholarships from anywhere. Um, I hope I broke that up nicely. Yes, you you did that (laughs) eloquently. I definitely enjoyed that. Um, Well, that's all that we have for you this week, everyone. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Facia Trio. And here is your question of the week. What are the grants that could be awarded to you after you submit your FAFSA? Once again, what are the grants that could be awarded to you after you submit your FAFSA? DM, DM us your answer at Facia Trio on all of our social media platforms. And make sure you tune in next week where we will be doing a little bit of a healthy educational debate here about Ooh. four-year institution and two-year institutions. But until next time, if you do have any questions, you can always send us an email. You can email me at psheard, S-H-E-A-R-D, at familycentered, with an E-D, dot org. Yes, and you can email me at srodriguez, that's R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, at familycentered.org. And until next time, everyone, thank you for listening and take care.